please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. While you're doing that, let me remind you of the series that we're currently in called uh, I Want, as you see it on the screen. We're playing a little bit uh, with, uh, oh, that issue of, um, if you're like me, sometimes, uh, sometimes what I want uh, in life is uh, different than what God wants or what God wants for me. Um, Am I alone in that, or do you guys sometimes wrestle with that too? Okay, six of you do. So, <laughs> no, we all wrestle with that from time to time, don't we? And, and last week, um, well, to better understand what to do when that happens, we're looking at some very old stories, um, but very real people whose um, walk before the Lord and with the Lord taught them some things, and God was good enough to write them down and preserve them over the millennia so we could learn from their real-life stories, too. And so last week, we looked at Adam and Eve, and we saw that with Adam and Eve, what I tend to want sometimes, I don't know about you, is control. But what God wants from us instead is to give him control and just to trust And uh, we saw that in the story of Adam and Eve. This morning, we're going to look at a story of uh, their two boys, uh, Cain and Abel, and see if we can get a little more insight from a little bit of different angle uh, of what to do when um, what I want um, bumps up against what God wants for me. Your Bibles are open to uh, Genesis chapter 4, I trust. I'll begin reading Uh, at verse 1. Now the man, Adam, knew his wife Eve, and she conceived. There's um, definite evidence there that that's the biblical no, right? The man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gained a male child with the help of the Lord. She then bore his brother Abel. Abel became a keeper of sheep, and Cain became a tiller of the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the soil. And Abel, for his part, brought the choicest of the firstlings of his flock. The Lord paid heed to Abel and his offering, but to Cain and his offering he paid no heed Cain was much distressed, and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you distressed, and why is your face fallen? Surely, if you do right, there is uplift. But if you do not do right, sin crouches at the door. Its urge is toward you, yet you can be its master. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out into the field. And when they were in the field... Cain set upon his brother Abel and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Then the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. 
Therefore, you shall be more cursed than the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. If you till the soil, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. You shall become a careless wanderer on earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is too great to bear. Since you have banished me this day from the soil and I must avoid your presence and become a restless wanderer on earth, anyone who meets me may kill me. The Lord said to him, I promise, if anyone kills Cain, sevenfold vengeance shall be taken on him. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest anyone who met him should kill him. Cain left the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. This is the very word of God. Amen? Um, a few of my reading notes, just to flesh out the context a bit before I get to uh, share with you what I think is the meat of the matter in this story. It's uh, interesting to me, maybe to you too, in verse 1, this is the first time in the Bible that a human being voices God's sacred name, Yahweh, or we say Yahweh. And I just, uh, it's so God to me that uh, the honor goes to Eve, that the honor goes uh, to a woman. Isn't that just like God? Cain, the name, it probably means to create uh, or uh, to gain or to bring forth, which is what uh, Eve expresses when she gives birth uh, to her eldest son. In verse 2, many have noted that we don't read again the common biblical formula that uh, Eve um, um, knew her husband and became pregnant. We don't read that a second time, and so some conclude uh, Cain and Abel were twins, uh, which is possible. There's an interesting study sometime in the Bible. Study all of the twins in the Bible. Several famous ones, Jacob and Esau, come to mind, and perhaps Cain and Abel um, uh, were also twins. The name Abel, it comes from the Hebrew word Havel. Say Havel. Havel, a uh, fascinating word, that word is often used to express the fleeting nature of life, that uh, life is all too short. That's Havel. Uh, interesting, isn't it? that Abel's name even foreshadows a, a life cut all too short. In um, verse 5, this business of Cain's offering and Abel's offering, and God in Hebrew paid heed to Abel's offering, but did not pay heed to Cain's offering. If you research that paid heed Hebrew word, you find it in other places in the Bible, when God pays heed to an offering, fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering. And um, if that's what's in mind here, it helps explain uh, how it was that Cain knew uh, that God didn't pay heed to his offering. He put the offering out, and you would notice if fire didn't come down from heaven to consume it, right? And then if you looked over in the field next door, there's Abel, and, you know, fire comes down from heaven. to cons So you notice. So there's a lot in that Hebrew word, uh, uh, paid heed. Also in this verse, um, 
You might have noticed I picked a rather wooden translation. Um, It's very close to word for word in the Hebrew. It's not as smooth uh, as the NIV, for example. Um, And one of the reasons I picked this translation was this verse, uh, because I think it's important to Uh, The NIV reads that Cain was angry, and um, that's not, in my opinion and many with me, um, the guts of the Hebrew word there. Cain was much distressed, as in um, depressed, as in, uh, here's another old word, uh, despondent. Um, That captures what Cain is feeling, uh, and not... Uh, anger. Those are two perhaps related emotions, but his mood is he feels depressed uh, and and not uh, angry. And then uh, verses 6 and 7, try to read slowly there, right? Because um, as one commentator put it, uh, God's words to Cain, one commentator uh, uh, summarizes what uh, Uh, Lots of biblical scholars say about uh, what God says to Cain. The Hebrew text bristles with difficulties is um, what the commentators uh, note. Um, Best guess, uh, in my opinion, many with me, what, uh, what God is after here. God is warning Cain, gives him a forewarning of the dangerous uh, path that he's on, uh, the dangerous uh, potential results of his despondency, his depression, his distress, um, if he doesn't um, uh, learn to check it or, or, or to use the freedom that God has just given, that God has just allowed Adam and Eve to take, to use his freedom here to make the right moral choice, uh, to do what's uh, right. And so he warns him, Cain, that's what I was talking about with your mom and dad. Now that you've decided to do it on your own, here's one of those moments. You're feeling this distress. Now use your freedom, Cain, to make the right choice here. If you don't, check such potentially dangerous uh, emotions and passions um, if you don't choose to master them, and I'll help you, but you've got to step with me, Cain. If you don't choose to master those things, they will control you. And when that, thing, that happens, bad things um, happen. In verse 9, um, the, uh, the word brother is repeated twice. Interesting that in this story, if you count them up, brother is repeated seven times. And Seven, especially in the Old Testament, is a writer's way of take note of this. Um, Another way to say it is uh, we really don't need to hear seven times, do we, that um, um, uh, Abel and Cain are brothers? Uh, Commentators call this needless repetition. Although needless repetition uh, isn't needless if it's there in the Bible. It's being repeated for a reason. And the reason that that is hit it over and over and over seven times is it's to emphasize, well, yes, of course, we are our brother's keepers. This is um, 
very early, a very early appearance of love others, of love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, right there in Genesis chapter 4. You can probably find it in Genesis 3 as well, but uh, a very early appearance of love others. I'll talk about more on that in a minute. But uh, Verse 10, it's interesting that the word blood there is plural. Uh, his bloods, and um, that's perhaps speaking also of Abel's descendants now that uh, he'll no longer be able to have. Verse 10, um, also that uh, cries out verb in Hebrew, it's a legal term. It's a courtroom term. term. The, uh, the attorney that's still in me, it never quite dies away, so I pick up notice at that. So it's not just... It's crying out to God just, ah! The cry is a cry demanding, pleading for justice. Pleading that this wrong be made right. It's that kind of cry, and God responds to it. Verse 12, why isn't Cain given the death sentence, some ask. Some believe it's because it wasn't premeditated. And uh, that's fascinating to think about. No one, including Cain, had yet seen a human being die. So maybe even though he set upon his uh, brother Abel, uh, maybe uh, he looked up in horror when it was all said and done that uh, Abel was actually uh, dead. And that might explain why God didn't abide by you know, his, uh, his law that he gave Moses and the Israelites later, the, an eye for an eye. And perhaps why Cain... Uh, didn't receive uh, the death sentence here. But um, the key, I think, um, to understanding uh, the entire passage this morning is uh, in verses 3 and 4. Let's turn there again. Um, Because there it's where we read that Cain only gave God from the fruit he had, but Abel gave God the best that he had. And it has nothing to do with the actual fruit offered by Cain. It has nothing to do with the lamb uh, that Abel brought. It has nothing to do with the gift. But it has everything to do with the heart of the giver. In this case, Cain versus Abel. As we discover elsewhere in the Bible, 1 Samuel 16 is such a place, uh, God looks at the heart. And with his offering, Abel demonstrates a quality of heart and mind uh, that Cain doesn't. When Cain gives just to any old fruit, uh, Cain's willing to give some, um, but by giving the best, Abel shows, you know what, um, Take the best, Lord. In fact, uh, uh, take it all. There's, a, uh, there's an eagerness, a willingness uh, in Abel's heart um, that Cain chooses not to express. Cain keeps the best fruit for himself. Abel gives the best he has to God. Cain's heart is uh, for himself and to hold back. Abel's heart is for God and, and to give it all. And right there, I think, is a lesson for us this morning in our I Want series, isn't it? Uh, That's the tendency of our human nature sometimes, isn't it? If you're like me, it is. You know, what I want is to just give some. Uh, But what God wants is our 
all. My um, self-interest sometimes convinces me to hold back, to hedge my bet in case it doesn't work out. Well, God just wants us to give our all because he wants us all. And he wants us all because he loves us so much. Every once in a while when um, uh, people react to God wanting our all, I hear sometimes in their comment uh, uh, this sort of question or observation. What, uh, is God selfish? He wants like everything for himself? And usually my response uh, goes something like this, whatever picture uh, pops in my mind, but it goes something like this. Imagine a mother holding a newborn child and how much it is that that mother loves that little baby and how much more that mother knows about what's harmful out there, potentially even lethal to this little child and how much that mother wants to keep that child close, to keep him safe. Would anyone ever accuse that mother of being selfish or in it for herself? Well, that'd be silly, right? God is jealous for us. He loves us so much. He wants every little part of all of us. That's the great commandment, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, not just a little. With all your soul, not just some, and with all your might or strength or influence. Why? Because God loves us that much. Did you ever notice that the context of the very first homicide, at least, uh, recorded in human history arises out of a conflict over worship? Go figure. How incredibly ironic. It arises out of um, um, Cain struggling um, with loving God with all his heart, all his soul, all his might. I mentioned earlier, right, this text is among the earliest we have about loving our neighbor as ourselves, being our brother's keeper. But it's really about all of that greatest commandment. It's about the love God part two. And in the context of worship gone wrong in the story of Cain and Abel, the rhetorical question that shouts from the story is, you know what, if we can't give it up to God in worship, without self-interest getting in the way. How in the world are we going to be our brothers and sisters keepers without self-interest getting in the way? And so, yes, God wants our all because he loves us so much. But the other reason he wants our all is he knows that given the death and precious gift of his son on the cross, given the life that he gives us, he knows that if we can humble ourselves enough to respond in selfless love to him, he knows that when that happens, and I would say, and only when that happens, can we then truly respond in selfless love to each other. 
and expand the kingdom and show more people who don't know about God's love that he loves them. Because God wants all of us. He wants all of me. He wants all of you. Ultimately, if you're following, so we can indeed be our brother's and sister's keeper. Love God so that we can love others. Now, last week I was reminded um, throughout this whole week that last Sunday I absolutely ruined a Frank Sinatra song for all of you for life. (laughs) Not a few of you reminded me of that all week long. So I felt bad because I don't want to ruin something for you. Um, So I found another song. (laughs) And um, this song is not as tight a fit uh, to the message as I thought um, last week's song was, although it's been growing on me. um, You have to wink at a couple of lines in the song. But there is something in this song, I think, that God wants us to hear from the story of Cain and Abel. You want to hear it? Yeah, get on with it, Pastor. Okay, let's listen. All of me, why not take all of me? Can't you see I'm no good without you? Take my lips. Okay, that's the funny part. I want to lose them. <laughs> Unless you talk about um, Take my arms. using our lips, I'll our mouths, to uh, sing praises to our God, yes? And like with, um, with most love ballads, Let have you noticed if you squint at them a little, even if they were written without the Lord in mind, get along. If you squint at them a little, do you ever find yourself uh, thinking about your relationship with God? Because after all, in the Song of Songs and other places, God is uh, our lover and He is our beloved. And so whether we sing this song uh, hoping that someone would take all of us, let me tell you, if you want someone to take all of you as you are, it's God. And or whether we look at the song as God singing to us, hey, would you please take all of me? I think there's something here that um, Cain missed. And maybe one of the lessons of the story for us when we struggle with I want versus God wants is just that. That God wants all of us and he wants to give uh, all of him. There's, um, there's a story, and um, it's an old story about um, the prince and the beggar. Oh, you can take the song down now. That's enough, right? That's what we're going to break out into a foxtrot soon, right? Um, there's a story about a prince and a beggar, and uh, this beggar lived in old uh, India, and every day of his life he would sit at the side of the road and he would hold out his bowl to all who passed by, and he would say, alms, alms for the poor. And this was his life. 
And at the end of each day, he would look and see what was in his bowl, and often it would be um, five kernels of rice, maybe other small piece of food. And this was the beggar's life, day after day. And then one day, the beggar and the crowd around him heard the commotion from uh, up on top of the hill in the center of the city. And they heard drums beating, and everybody recognized it as, oh, that's the sound that precedes the coming of the prince. And sure enough, as the crowd gathered and looked in anticipation, the prince was coming, and as the beggar was straining to see through the, uh, uh, the people who were standing in front of him to get a glimpse of the prince, first the color guard came by with all of the flags flapping in the breeze. And next came those drummers establishing the cadence. And then last, around the corner as the prince looked, uh, came the elephant. Or as the beggar looked, came the elephant with the prince sitting on top. And as the prince came nearer, uh, an urgency fell on the beggar. And he raised his bowl and he shouted with all his might, alms, alms for the poor. And just when the beggar thought the prince was going to pass by, because how on earth would the prince ever hear the poor beggar? Just when he was sure the prince wouldn't pay heed, just when he was feeling distressed the prince gave the signal and the whole procession stopped and the elephant trainer came out and touched the back of the elephant's legs and the elephant lumbered to the ground and the prince came off and the crowd parted and the prince came and he stood before the beggar who was sitting at, the, at his feet the prince now is suddenly shy because of all of the attention on him and his bowl. And so the prince says, or the beggar says, alms? Alms for the poor? The prince responds to the beggar, what do you have? The beggar looked in his bowl and it's been a pretty good day so far. There were six grains of rice. And so the beggar said, I have six grains of rice. And the prince said, may I have them? Now the beggar is confused. This wasn't how he was expecting it to go. And so the beggar said, well, I have six. Um, you can have three. And so the prince smiled and he reached in and he took three grains of rice very carefully from the beggar's bowl. He stood up and he turned and he went back, got up on the elephant. The command was given. The procession went off again, carrying the prince and the elephant and the noise away from the beggar, leaving the beggar confused in the quiet behind. And as the beggar was contemplating his fate, what in the world just happened? He glanced down into his bowl. And he saw that for every kernel of rice the prince had taken, 
the prince had replaced it with a solid nugget of pure gold. And the beggar raised his eyes toward heaven and he shouted and lamented, Oh, if only I had given him it all! Do you ever wonder sometimes, do you ever feel like, um, do you ever wonder sometimes where God's blessing is in your life? Do you ever struggle sometimes with not feeling as close to the Lord as um, you feel you should or you'd like to? Maybe during those times, especially those times, ask yourself, have you given God your all? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you know it's one of the reasons you came that it's hard for us to humble ourselves, that it's hard for us to live life for you and for others over ourselves. Father, I just ask that we would hear again with fresh ears Cain's struggle with loving you and loving others over himself and that we would learn from it. Father, we love you, and we ask this in uh, Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Would you stand, please, if you're able, or even if you're king? Go ahead. Finally, I preached on Genesis 4 where the joke makes sense. You've heard that before. For uh, the benediction this morning, um, if you would join me, um, well, if you would uh, repeat these words after me. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O West Bowles. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen? Amen. Next week, no kidding, it was planned weeks ago, we take a look at Noah and the flood. You can take your boat here. Hopefully it'll dry out by them. God bless you all. Have a good day.